0: Today I'm in the kitchen of Essex-born actor, darling of the theatre world, mainstay on our screens, art enthusiast, collector, podcast host, The Way They Model and Dog Dad. His list of theatrical appearances is as long as your arm. His early days saw him tour with Alan Bennett's History Boys, a play which he performed over 600 times before his career spiraled to new highs in both TV, film, and yet more theatre. This guy has sass, chat, a repulsively brilliant sense of humour, an infectious laugh, and is the only person I know who is a standing ovation from David Bowie. I can be more excited to welcome Russell Toby to the show and to his own kitchen. Hi. Hi,
1: Anna. <laughs> That's such a nice How intro. Yeah, lovely. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs>
2: David Bowie.
1: Well, it wasn't me on my own. That would but, have been during the History Boys. Yes. But yes, it was pretty amazing to see a man and David Bowie standing up and he was wearing a white suit and you could really see him. It was a vision. It was, it a was vision.
0: definitely him.
1: A hundred, million percent, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. have been really sad if after all this time <laughs> it was a looky like him. You're we like, oh no, yeah. Welcome to Kevin, it's the me girl. Let me see, let me see.
0: Okay, we can get to all of that. Yeah. How are
1: you? I'm all right. Yeah, yeah good. you yeah, look good. Thank you very much. I look a bit hairier than when I last you. Yeah, night. I've let the beard grow in isolation. I've that you. Sort of, thank you very much. You've let your beard grow, I see. Of <laughs> I've
0: actually bleached it this morning, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to see that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. It's, uh, I feel like we're easing our way out of lockdown. And I've seen friends now in the park and that feels like the world is getting a bit uh, easier. You know, it was, yeah. it's been scary. It's been really scary. And it's just been weird. Yeah. So it feels good to reconnect and to see you and things like that. So.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to mingle. Yeah, that feels good. Yes. OK, well, we're going to have to start with your kitchen. Um, okay. But in fact, your entire home, because uh-huh. it's gorgeous and I've Thanks. been really excited to see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I can't wait to really have a look around here. So uh, talk me through it.
1: Uh, I've lived here for nearly six years. It is uh, a factory building. It was converted from uh, an Edwardian uh, print house. So this is where they did printing. And and uh, there was rumours at one time that it was part of the uh, British Museum, stored lots of their uh, stuff here. And it was also like a fabric warehouse. So the the moths here, the clothes moths are terrible. You
0: still have those?
1: I did a whole like blitz and then they've come back. Yeah, but not as bad as they was. But, yes. But it's because, not because I'm dirty and I've got dusty clothes. <laughs> it's because these are all open floorboards. And because it's, like, years and years of fragments of fibres that have right. fallen down the floorboards, so they're still... Believe what you
0: want. Believe what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically I'm, I'm filthy. <laughs> and I've got, I've
1: got really, <laughs> like, dusty clothes. But, yes, yeah, so I moved in. And then, you know, you live in a place for a while and then it takes you time to uh, feel the vibe of it. It's a big a lateral living so what i worked at for being here so long is that you have to zone these sort of spaces because yep. for a while i didn't i had bits everywhere and people would come in and i as you can see there's lots of art everywhere because i'm obsessed with art i'm an addict art addict so people coming in and they think it was quite cold and it felt quite that's like a rude. gallery space very rude it
0: doesn't feel like that i think but that's your because lighting. it's taken yeah the yeah, good, lighting lighting is...
1: that's because it's taken a while to zone it and right. feel like there's little areas yeah whereas whereas if you just make it one think of it as one big space it's quite uh it can be quite calm yeah
0: i think i lived in a warehouse for years when i first moved to london and we actually managed to zone it into um like a course for rollerblading so you yes yeah, so you could and you could do that in here you've got a clear path
1: have you th- what like a like, like a little, express like so well like a go- little
0: rollerblade we could do the rollerblade disco up here
1: which are you for real?
0: Well, I'm... Just, it's just, well, I mean, you know. we could because downstairs are
1: offices. <laughs> so at the weekend, there's nobody there to disturb.
0: <laughs> like but that's... That this. this could be lucrative. I have not
1: thought that. But you know what? Because the dogs love this because they literally run from one end of the, of the building to the other. That's cute. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. So that's, you know, good exercise, but... Oh, I like the idea of that. <laughs> Did you ever I'm see Starlight Express? No. We're we the same age. You're a bit younger than me, aren't I'm you?
0: much younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm much younger. Because um, I remember seeing Starlight Express as a kid and they would all be like... Roller skating around the audience, like around your head, like a circuit scale electric track that. going around. But
0: I roller skated, not roller bladed as a kid, but we did. I and then to try yeah. roller blading is actually really tricky.
1: Yeah. Do you yeah. still do it now?
0: <laughs> no. And you I deeply roll- dislike <laughs> people that do, do it. <laughs> that are two old down the park. Come on, get over <laughs> and it. And my dog's going crazy at them. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. That's hilarious.
0: Um, so back to your kitchen. Yes. Talk to it. So you're, you're actually saying you want to uh, renovate the kitchen. Yeah. I've been What's t- like, I kind of love it. I like, I like the, it, but it much, hasn't really there's... changed
1: since I moved in. This was the design of the people that I bought from, apart from I've changed all the worktops and I've put like in a ceramic uh, sink and a gold tap very on mm-hmm. Uh and then obviously I've added magnets to the uh, Look
0: at you with to the travels. extractor
1: fan <laughs> but that, that's my little yeah that's the way I've customised the kitchen but no it's I am thinking need to change it because the oven has just blown up and I've discovered amazingly which you all appreciate during lockdown that I'm enjoying cooking
0: <gasps> I love this because
1: before that I was a bit like Can't cook, won't cook. Yeah. And now I was really enjoying it. And then as I have really got into it, the oven's packed up. And then because of the current climate, to get someone over to mend it, I've got to wait another week or something. Then that comes. It's quite frustrating. But uh there's a
0: lot you can do on a hob let me yes tell you.
1: exactly so that's i've been discovering more of that but i did quite like the thing of just shoving everything on a baking tray yeah. with like onions and garlic and potatoes and shoving i'm liking
0: it that griddle thing though what's that is that like well that smokes no, so
1: that didn't work either but yes it's like a little b- indoor barbecue thing get that going veggie or pescatarian yeah
0: you want to just be putting or get that really hot throw on your aubergines, your peppers charring up like that's that's exciting. What do you think? Yeah, I'd be using it time. Because I need to get time. some new
1: coals for it. But it, it, when I used it before, it was it smoked. It was smoking everywhere. So it felt like
0: what, is does that, the extractor not work? Yeah, bath? but it's
1: just not. It's just yeah. Maybe well, I should try. Do it you again. know what
0: though? If but if you sit like a, a aubergine or something on, I just put it on the gathering at home. It doesn't really smoke.
1: So hang on. But would you put it in tin foil over that, or you just it go straight on? Which are
0: yeah. I'd love it. I'd be there with you. You know what you should
1: do? Is I'd actually quite like it if you just came over here and showed me how to use my kitchen.
0: Well, so we should talk like kitchen revival and then I can come and be like, okay, this is what to do.
1: Well, I just said to you like before we were on air, tell me what to do with this kitchen because Steve, my partner, wants to he's got all his ideas. But I I it works for me, but I it does need to be freshened up and need to get more. Is that a wine fridge? Yeah, champagne more
0: than Only. wine, but yeah. Good for you, yeah, it good for
1: yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Um, I, yeah, this space though is amazing because it's actually off like your kind of, I guess, like how do we ex- explain your space? It's like one very large, beautifully lit kind of factory style window at yeah. one end, yeah. double lots. yeah, uh, Very bright. yeah. And then you've kind of got the kitchen slightly off that, but still part of the space. So mm-hmm. I guess you want to keep it almost a bit pared back, but you could do something that's not another like navy blue kitchen, I think, no.
1: No, I was actually da- looking at no, that. No, the yeah.
0: everyone does a Navy. It's the thing at the moment. No, you're what would you What
1: Am I better than <laughs> Navy for <laughs> Kitchen? Navy. Well, what, what am I then, Anna?
0: Well, I don't know. I kind of love the kind of white or muted in here. Yeah. But you could equally do something quite bold. But I just feel like...
1: I, I feel like because I've got so much art that I want the art to, to take... To still
0: stand out. To
1: stand out. Yeah. So all the furniture I've got is very simple kind of wood. Is it a bit... Clean, yeah. just like muted colours so that the art stands out. Whereas you're saying it, you know, in another house, maybe you would do a statement kitchen, you would do like olive green or bright pink yeah. or something, which would be amazing. But I feel like it would then deta- detract from yeah. what is the exciting stuff in this apartment. Yeah. But art. you could
0: do something really beautifully, kind of muted, neutral tones. And then it's all about the details and the textures and the product and materials you've used. Or like and
1: the and handles. Yeah, and and shit or like, like gorgeous that,
0: yeah. wood that kind of works with like a bit of mid century. I was
1: thinking marble or tops, or is that? Yeah.
0: I like my favourite thing, but my husband You've got
1: a marble top yeah. in your kitchen, haven't you? Yeah. But
0: it's yeah, the bane of my husband's life. He's just curling on edge when I'm there with like lemons and <laughs> just like, What are you doing? Why well,
1: what does lemon do to marble then? Um erodes it. Oh fuck.
0: Yeah. And um also the people that did our marble, they didn't put the stain resistant stuff on our kind of main island bit. So you just put a glass of water and we've got a ring mark. So. And is
1: there a lot have you got lots of marks on yeah. it there? Do you? Does that bother you?
0: No, cause, well, to be fair, I'm just going to get it honed anyway, so it's like that. Right, 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 right. But um, oh, so okay,
1: so someone can come got, in and literally yeah, sand down the top, yeah, and it, yeah. and does that wear the marble away though? Slightly. So in like a hundred years, it won't be. There'd be like a <laughs> yeah, it'll be nothing. like a The way no? I'm,
0: the way I'm trashing that <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm very much of like you know, the kitchen was never going to be a show kitchen. It was always going to be in use and yeah. like permanently in use. So yeah, exactly. I kind of love that wear and tear and yeah, like seeing too. all of that. I
1: do too. Yeah. but yeah, you
0: can get amazing, amazing marble, and in fact. I'll, sh- I'll send you the place to go, and it's just like the craziest warehouse of all the craziest. I've been to a
1: marble. You could do something bonkers. With quarry the before when I was in Portugal, there was.
0: I've seen how they do that. That is. It's bonkers.
1: Bonkers, but it's beautiful, yeah. and it just go like you see this. It's just these sheets of marble goes all the way down, like for as far as the eye can see, and it's been like quarried for years and years. Stunning and yeah. you think, God, that is actually real and the the veins through it and it's yeah. like millions of years old. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I
0: think yeah, because you could totally just go pair back and then really something statement or beautiful yeah. or like pair, the back, pair
1: back like cupboards and stuff and then marble tops, yeah. which is like where you put your money and then yeah,
0: it, or the one thing that I would say if you are gonna start using your kitchen lots, um, is to and what I would think about for my next kitchen mm. is to have the marble as like the splashback. splashback so that you get to see it and it becomes part of the artwork of your kitchen and you have less of a kind of worry around. I mean, you could do it on both as well. No, but
1: I love that idea. But then again, I've got like exposed brick in here, which I'm like, should we paint the brick white? And Steve's like, no, you never paint brick
0: white. I don't think paint it white. But you've.
1: But then you wanna, don't want to cover that up too much.
0: But you could do like, I mean, you could do crazy. You could do that whole back wall with marble. I, I'll send you some pictures. So yeah, I was actually yeah. just looking at stuff yesterday. If you've got cash yeah, to splash cool. with it, like
1: yeah. Well, yeah. let's see what my next job is because it's <laughs> a minute I don't <laughs> know what what I'm doing next.
0: So um, okay, I've kind of got down here. You know, are you interested in other areas of design, architecture? Just yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is obsessing. Isn't design. It, you well, it, it all in... goes
1: together. Sort of goes hand in hand. Like you just about to say architecture. Yeah, Digest, which but is yeah, a but, biggie. But, yeah. but design and. Housing and interiors and art and fashion, it all st- culturally all cross over now and seem to kind of affect each other and, and contribute to other people's conversations. Yeah. So for me, definitely design is something that I'm really, really into and keep an eye on. And my partner, Steve, is about to go and study architecture at one of the best architecture schools in the country. That's so exciting. So that's really exciting. So for him, it's a whole new adventure. And for us, it's a whole new adventure. And that's uh, amazing to share that. Uh, side of you know culture with him and because of the crossover and you know they feed hand in hand with each other they they kind of link
0: would you could you see yourself kind of building something a big country pile or or something incredible
1: um. No, I. I'm sure he could, but I couldn't from scratch. I like the idea of getting somewhere and doing it up, With but the being sympathetic and... to what it is culturally yeah. or what it is what it looks like as a building, like an old Edwardian place, but restor- restoring it, but then give it like the modern contemporary. Yeah. Spin. And
0: would you say that you're drawn to kind of more contemporary design, or it's? I always find that such a hard notion to no, I because think, they're so intertwined. Yeah, I guess.
1: true. I think I like um, solid like proud like design that's like chunky i think i'm drawn to that rather than kind of like like when you say that in my head i think azaha hadid which is more kind of like ergonomic and smooth and going through and kind of sci-fi i think of her kind of design yeah. sci-fi when no i'm more like definitely mid-century yeah definitely post-war that. definitely um wood, definitely like um like think- Pierre and uh
0: I'm nodding, but no but idea. No, but like, <laughs> well, like
1: that David over there looks like a Pierre yeah, yeah. or Charlotte Perriand and people like that that I'm really, really into. So, but I like solid like that table. I like the fact that that's so simple, but it's yeah. so kind of knows what it is and it's yeah. it's strong. Yeah, I like that.
0: And I think like the textures. I always, I'm so drawn to material. Definitely. I love. That. I'm looking at you, but um, the piece of art behind you. Yeah, uh, just means that there's like a penis just right above. It's an your alien's
1: head. penis, though. That's, oh, I couldn't see the alien's That's face. the green man. That green looks like man. my husband.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well done, that's lucky. But it's like the green man, and then there's an ostrich, like a female ostrich, walking over the top of him, and he's really... I did not... So this is nice, called Jamie, and Giuliana Villani. She's based in Brooklyn. She's 32. I've been following her for, like, years. What like goes on in her seven world? Years. She She has the most amazing... This is hers as well. She has the most amazing ability of... acquiring imagery and information and then she creates these paintings these drawings that amalgamate all of these sources of information to her and create these new worlds okay so she said but the thing is that this painting i have had for this is 2011 so i might have had this i've got this maybe it's not 2011 but i've had this a long time i've had this for like over five years six years and I look at it and then one day I suddenly go, oh God, I've not even noticed that. Like right now I'm looking right by that foot, there's like a fleck of black. But I've had this so long and I look at it all the time but then I don't, I suddenly see something else in it. And I love that about painting. I love that about the works that I live with is that I can walk out to it and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even notice that mark before. And I can sort of visit my own space like a gallery. It's
0: I mean, and it yeah. is really like that, but in a very kind of homely warm way. Yeah, yeah. But we you kind of just gave me a little walkthrough and everything does feel very varied. But I kind of really naively said, you know, do you have a specific
1: taste? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, well I guess so, yeah. But I mean, I I like I like figuration and I think for years I was trying not to do figuration because parenthesis figuration was dead. People weren't into that anymore. But I think as an actor I was I've always been drawn to faces, I've always been drawn to emotions and I don't know why I denied myself that, but I think when I started collecting, I'd look at how other people were collecting and and sort of try to collect what they did, thinking that's what a collector does. But...
0: Really, even when you're, you know, like parting ways with like a lot of money, you would still be kind of...
1: There was converse, lots of you. conversations. Yeah, there's lots of conversations, and I would I wouldn't trust my own taste. I guess right. when you're parting with lots of money, because you're like, well, I want to invest in something, right. but I want it to be something I love. Because you always hear the thing like, buy what you love. Yeah. But then the thing that excited me was that artists who became part of um, part of art history, and the fact that institutions or really big, good public collections are buying them. And that's what excited me. Right. But yes, it goes from figuration in here and then to geometric abstraction. But I like colour. Yes. A lot of colour. And I like faces. And I like, there's like a cartoon figuration that goes through as well. So it's not like, like if you look at a lot of them like this, the eyes are, are always kind of quite big on these. They're, they're quite scary, Them ones. But there's always, they're always drawn to the eyes yeah. in work. So I'm drawn to the eyes in a lot of works when it comes to figuration. They see, They're really important to me. But then I like, you know, colour.
0: And how do you even begin to kind of figure out what your taste is, what you are drawn to? Because I guess if you're kind of listening to what the gallerists are saying or other collectors, yeah. like this is of the moment, yeah. this is the trend, yeah. this is what you should be, you know, this is the next big thing. How much well, are you I swayed you by that I don't listen now? to
1: that conversation more. I've got to a point now where I like my own taste and I feel very fortunate that the people that I've really supported emerge. I like merging artists, basically. Okay. I like being able to have, be part of their growth and be part of their kind of future um but I've trust my own taste now when it comes to art because the people yes because the people I have sort of supported have done really well and been brought by institutions and becoming part of a conversation for art history and that is really really exciting to me but uh, yeah it takes a long time I've been collecting for years and when I started I spent money on things that you know the artists probably aren't even artists anymore or right. whatever but now no, you could revive them. You could really, you could talk I guess. <laughs> you yeah. could yeah, talk up, but I just feel like, yeah, it takes a long time to find your own style and trust your own, like, taste. Yeah. But you know, it might but talk to me 10 everything. years and I might be like, oh my God, I can't believe, why was I collecting that? I should have been collecting, like, sound art the whole time right, and right. living with I that. I don't know, and, know what that is. but just art, that's a noise.
0: Oh, God. that's just like, people isn't
1: it <laughs> not, <laughs> not not talking, it's just us yeah. talking on a loop <laughs> it's yeah. like white noise for me
0: <laughs> which by the way there's also brown noise now pink noise I didn't know about this oh, I don't know but that was uh, that it's stuff that my husband drowns me out with at night <laughs> so this is the different frequencies of noise that kind of just... what makes
1: it pink and
0: the, d- the frequency, apparently. Oh, wow. I yeah. like that.
1: Because I used to have a sound machine for a while when I couldn't sleep that was that sort of white noise There's machine you have next to the bed. Yes, there yeah. is internet. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm going to
0: sleep listening to the sound of the ocean currently.
1: That keeps me awake. Like, oh, no, listen to God. whales and stuff. It just, like, they're all going... <laughs> <laughs> what are they saying? I am just like, I can't... someone just to talk really to me? Stressing <laughs> me out. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's Stressful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we've totally gone off piece yes, because yes. we're supposed to talk about art oh, later. We're, oh, okay. st- we're back in oh my your God, kitchen. I'm so sorry. Yes. No, no, that was my fault. Um, okay, food. Let's mm. just get it out there now. You said that you have been cooking more. Mm. What have you been cooking? What was the last meal you cooked? Anything really impressive?
1: We made, uh, see, I'm pescatarian. I don't eat meat, but we made, Steve eats meat, but he's been very good and he's coming over to my side. But good. we made uh, a quorn. Uh, chilli with spaghetti last night okay. It was like boy food yep. you know we made that <laughs> and I've discovered these incredible Linda McCartney burgers that have mozzarella in oh oh they're they're heaven <laughs> fish fish goujons she does okay and they were going in the oven but you can't cook them on the hob and the oven's packed up right. as we said earlier so that's become an issue because you can't do that but it's a lot of fish a lot of grilling lots you of fish you know what I will
0: say to you is mm. uh, go with your instincts like most things that they say just oven bake you could Cook, as long as they, you know, you apply heat. Well, probably, yeah, just keep low heat, lid on. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: good advice. I yes. mean, back in
0: the day, I've done dinner parties where it's supposed to be a pizza party and I made all this amazing dough and my oven broke. And so I had to pan fry and grill pizzas, which now is like all the freaking rage. Hang on,
1: pan fry pizza.
0: Yes, which actually I did a thing recently. So, cast iron pan, heat it up super hot, throw your pizza dough in the bottom, yeah. add your toppings, yeah. cook it for a. Like alternate. an omelet type thing. Yeah, but then whack it under the grill super hot and it does the I've got a grill. You will have. And I will be around. You will be making those pizzas. But <laughs> right now I haven't got a grill. But yes, that
1: sounds great. But Fry um, a pizza, basically. Yeah. Hot about <laughs> <laughs> the microwave <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have been me for a while I did put everything in the microwave have you got a microwave I yeah see it's you. over there <gasps> okay. so well, that microwave. can go Yeah. once Do we've done you, the are you anti-microwaves I haven't got one I, yeah. I
0: remember when I was kind of I think my dad was trying to really encourage me to get a microwave I was like what yeah. for? No, yeah, no I won't. Yeah, yeah. It is scary.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, they still scare me a bit.
0: Yeah. And also I kind of just, I think I've got memories as a child of putting like one of those, I keep talking about these recently. They must be on my mind, but yeah. Chicago Town Pizza's yeah, in there. Yeah, 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 but yeah. you'd put a bit like, sometimes the box thing or something, yeah. you'd get a bit of foil, that'll kick off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, right, because of the sparking. Yeah. Yes. Now I used to come back from school when I was a chubby little kid from junior school and Sarah Lee Danish we had <laughs> in the freezer and it was a oh, cinnamon... Cinnamon whirl, I think it, it was. was. so
0: good. So good.
1: So I, I would to, eat that now. Yeah, me too. So I'd cut a slice of that off with ice cream, mm-hmm. put the ice cream on it in the microwave. So the ice cream would melt and then I'd eat like half a Sara Lee.
0: But you've lost Danish. the crunch because that, that one I remember specifically was supposed to go in the oven.
1: Oh, really? So <laughs> I,
0: I love. I just felt really serious about
1: sprang, that. My heart. I'm
0: just worried that you've been getting this wrong. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually been necessarily Danish for years, and the Viennetta, which I never put in a microwave, right. but that that had a crunch. Yeah, that needed the crunch. That, yeah, yep. That was Viennetta as a kid. Felt like the poshest. Wait,
0: well, it had its own food. tray.
1: It had it its own little tray. plastic tray, but it felt like the poshest um, dessert that one that man. Could <laughs> ever con- yeah. I was like, we've, like got it our, we've got it in our we got it fridge in Essex. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. I was so like, I really took care care of it when I sliced yeah. it and put it on a plate. I gave it the respect it deserved.
0: Did you have siblings growing up? Because older I older
1: brother, yeah. Growing up, and still
0: growing up, and he's still there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I really remember, like, the f- there was a I grew up with like there were six of us kids. So if you didn't get those slices equal yeah. enough, oh god, yeah. Things would got She would get real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> My brother used to get these things from Costco which were these kind of steak bakes at the time. And they b- you used to microwave them and they came in little buns and you'd get them from Costco and then you'd heat them up. And I remember once me and him were having a row and he, he took time making this for himself and he'd chop <laughs> onions and fried them and put it on. And I remember he put it down in front of the TV and I picked it up threw it at the wall. <laughs> I would picked up and eaten it. <laughs> I did pick up and eat it. But I remember throwing it the wall and he was so angry. And I remember being really... Did you have fucked. a physical fight? Oh, a lot. We used to fight a lot.
0: Over food or just...
1: Anything. Yeah. We just grown up. We love each other now. Grown up chalk and cheese. Like, so he was a pig. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he just, abs- we just absolutely would like at loggerheads all the time. My That's parents had a really rough time. But one time we was going.
0: Do you want to apologize to your parents now about it? Uh, you... They know. I know. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Dan, my brother loves me. But one time we were all in America and we did like a driving holiday. holidays. So my parents in the front, me and my brother in the back. And in the end, my dad had to get an upgrade to a bigger cast. We could have a row of seats each because we'd just be going, oh, hey, you're on my side. I ah! Just fighting the hotel whole time. Whole time. So we had old were That one, I must have been seven or eight then. So my you knew what was you were old. doing. Oh, I knew what I was doing. Yeah, we knew what I was doing. Yeah, but we just really not Yeah, but we just didn't get on. It's really weird.
0: Yeah. And so growing up, kind of what were, were there Sunday lunches? Yeah, oh,
1: Sunday lunches, yes. But my mum, I've spoken about this a lot, yeah. but my mum was not uh, a chef, a cook. She yeah. didn't. Would, they were starting a business when I was growing up. They didn't have a lot of time. So my mum used to put stuff on the table and you'd ask what it was and she'd say, just eat it. And you'd right. be like, what is it? Just eat it. And then if we ate something and didn't complain about it, then we would have that dish. On repeat. On, on rotation, probably three or four times a week for months, it would feel like. <laughs> and then, then you'd have to get bored. But there was this one that she made, which was this rice and lamb with tomatoes dish.
0: That sounds gourmet.
1: Now it. Be- sounds like a T. I mean, now if I wouldn't eat it now because it's meat, but that you know that felt nice at the time. But then it was every single day mm. for weeks. It just you know <laughs> it's like being in prison, prison <laughs> food. So, <laughs> so that was like that was. You know, it's horrendous. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> horrendous. So growing up, I never acquired the ability to appreciate food. It took right. me a long time to learn to sit and eat slowly and appreciate a nice meal. Yeah, well, I'd go to all these restaurants when I first started, like, doing theatre, doing Hish Boys, and I'd get taken to the Ivy or the Wolseley, and the food would be gone in, in seconds, because I'd be like, you just eat it, don't use fuel. you? fuel. Just get on. it in you. Just be like, get through it. Just take time. It's, like, preparation.
0: I swear, do you know what, though? In my mind, it's like, as a kid, that it was the reverse, because, like, kids had... Like you just wanted to eat jam sandwiches all the time, or you like I, yeah. that's what I thought kids do, not yeah. the other ones. Like, and your parents were like, No, try this, do that, have yeah. this. Yeah. But you were under some kind of
1: <laughs> regime. <laughs> regime, yes. It was, yeah. And like, if I had a sandwich at school, if I liked it, like you said about jam sandwiches, I like jam sandwiches. So yeah. then I'd have them every day at school for, but no variation for months again. Okay. And you'd be like, This is looking back, that was cruelty. <laughs> But you know, so it takes time. But I love now. I feel like I do appreciate food, and my favorite meal of the day is breakfast. Is I, it? I what do you have for breakfast? Eggs every day.
0: Do you? I feel, I Which way? It.
1: Scrambled, fried, poached, omelets. I love an omelet. I could eat an omelet all day, every day. Love an omelet. But breakfast.
0: You're not egg bound.
1: Not egg. But no, no, not not. I haven't been. No, I've always I've been <laughs> You're right. Like, are you asking?
0: <laughs> <that>?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now. No, like, I'm quite. That? quite bound at the minute <laughs> it's all pretty good actually um what's the opposite to egg bound egg bu- bund I don't bund. um <laughs> so no but breakfast is my my thing and I think I used to eat a lot of breakfast cereal when I was a kid because mm-hmm. I, I was just like I don't want to eat the rest. what mother's put down
0: yeah and do you know what I'm excited about talking to you maybe we can do that after but I can introduce you to some other really interesting brands of uh meat-free oh. uh products yeah um, have you tried the, I mean, we don't have to do this now, but there's like a very good burger out there that seems very meaty.
1: Um, the Honest, not the Honest well, Burger.
0: Well, yeah, it is a, it's pretty much a version of the Honest Burger. Um, only stored at, uh, stocked at Tesco's.
1: But <laughs> well, is the Impossible Burger, is it one of them ones? Oh, yeah,
0: it might be. My okay. friend had them on the barbecue, and I was actually yes impressed.
1: My friends did a barbecue, and they did some Impossible Burger thing, and then they did some vegan cheese with the Impossible Burger, and it was absolutely and vegan mayo. It was absolutely vegan delicious. Vegan mayo, I'm
0: still struggling with, but, I but will it, it, it was
1: keep one that had like a kind of pep- uh, like a red pepper in it okay. and stuff, and it was really tasty, and I was impressed with that. But no, but these, these Linda McCartney mozzarella burgers, the next level.
0: You're going to really push sales on those.
1: <laughs> She's been going a while. Yeah, I've got stocks and <laughs> She's chairs She's doing all right. Them. She's doing all right. Yeah, Linda. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, what else can we talk about? I mean, I've kind of got here, you're now a pescatarian. What was mm. the impetus for that kind of change in diet?
1: Um, I haven't eaten pork for about eight years because I think pigs are great and they're more intelligent than dogs. I got to a stage where I started ordering meat in restaurants and I'd feel embarrassed mm-hmm. and I'd feel like I was being judged and people would be like, you're a bad person. And then I went to Svalbard to see the Northern Lights one New Year's Eve. And the food they had there was you had a choice. You could have uh, moose, reindeer, seal, whale, oh, or salmon. Okay. And I remember being like, you know what? I'm just going gonna, gonna to go pescetarian. I was going to go for the salmon because yeah. I felt like I didn't want to eat a reindeer. I don't want to eat a whale, whale. a whale, a and, seal.
0: But it's such a, it's we it's they cultural, just, yes. It's so cultural, yes.
1: I get it, but for me, I was like, I don't. It's
0: too. I've, I have and to. And now I'm whale. like,
1: and I have been for well over a year and a half now, not eating meat. And Do you it, feel for, good for it? Yeah, it's so good.
0: I actually, because my husband's vegetarian, I bang on about this all the time. But you, so I predominantly eat. Um, vegetarian yeah. but then when we go out he really encourages me if we're somewhere lovely to have the meat or yeah, of try course. gorgeous yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I
1: don't care about Stevie me I'm like yeah and he, he loves like yeah. steak pies and when we go out like Delicious. pie and mash I used to love yeah. pie and mash but you know I don't do that but he's is, there's so much choice now that you yeah. don't feel like you have to, you're missing out. Because that
0: was it. the worst thing I think initially when I
1: when I, we were younger, when do, people were yeah. doing it, it, felt like you were just missing out. On, I just couldn't that one just, option of mushroom yeah.
0: risotto. And if you don't like mushrooms, you like are screwed. Yeah, yeah. So we wouldn't catch you with like a little tin of corned beef or something.
1: Oh, hell no. But when I was a kid, yeah, my nan used to make me corned beef and pickle sandwiches. I used to love them. Yeah. She used to make me lard sandwiches.
0: Anything else in there
1: with it? Just lard on bread and white bread and lard. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> true my
1: poor my poor pal was as a kid what I was put through
2: but yeah are you alright yeah I'm fine. I'm
1: fine but then like my um my nan used to make the best roast dinner like if it was my prison meal and someone said what's your last your death row meal mm. it'd be my nan's roast dinner because it was just it was just everything about it it was like
0: the comfort of kind the of, the of mushy comfort, veg. But the comfort, and... way,
1: the way she made the potatoes was heaven. She'd do like a leg of chicken, of chicken, which obviously I won't eat now, but if it's death row, no, I wouldn't eat it on death row either. But I remember at the time it just feeling lovely and she'd make cabbage and it would all just be great. But there'd also be like the, the plate she served it on and then I'd have orange squash in the glass. It's embossed glass, I remember. And then it'd be this certain cutlery that was my nan's cutlery and the salt and pepper, which actually when my nan passed, the only thing I wanted was the salt and pepper pot which I got from my nan's house, which is just like something she got from Woolworths. It was nothing, but for me, it had sentimental stuff because that was what she'd put down. And I never had pepper anyway, but it was always assault. But that's what I'd have down, and that's what I kept.
0: I'm just looking at this being like, I really hope that's recording. (gasps) It is, isn't
1: it? Yeah, the red stuff at the top. It's going along the red ones, right? Yeah. It's
0: fine. I'm just being
1: paranoid. We've had a nice chat, otherwise. I've had one one of the experiences before where I had to do this DVD extras for being human. (coughs) And... I sat down and I was doing a play and I had to go in early before the plays do this in the theatre bar at the Royal Court and it was I got there at eight thirty and I sat there with this girl and she's like, Right, okay, let's do this, DVD the extras. And she went, Okay, I'm recording. So what was it like playing George the Werewolf and Being Human? And I, I went off and I remember being like, Wow, this answer is amazing. I'm being really dynamic and <laughs> you know, go. enigmatic and wow, what an incredible information I've given you. And after about an hour she went, Oh god, I haven't pressed record. Sorry about that. Right, let's start again. What was it like playing George? I remember being <laughs> like, Are you for real? I don't, she was, was so fine. unavailable for like my kind of interactions. She didn't care. And I was like, I've just supposed to spend an hour. Did you like, suck it up and do it again? No, I didn't. I went, I left and I went, I'm going to, to do it again another day. And then I went and did it in a studio with someone else.
2: Oh, uh, okay. The I was
1: just, but the way she was just like, Oh, I've just, I haven't pressed record. Sorry about that. Right, let's start again. Like, like I like, wanted to tell, talk to her for an hour about this. It no. was, yeah, no.
0: No before we kind of move on from food say you have begged me to go on a date with you
1: yeah i, I have yeah yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh this um, is the <laughs> date <laughs> where is the food <laughs> where are you taking me oh so you i'm taking you on a date you've begged me okay what time of year is it it's now summer summer i'm hungry you're you're always hungry
0: <laughs> i'm hungry
1: i went to the river cafe
0: I've still not been, how? Uh, we've literally had year. three appointments, reservations.
1: Why have you not made them?
0: Because we just got off a flight, our flight was delayed, my, uh-huh, it was uh-huh. my birthday,
1: blah, blah, blah. That I went to the River Cafe, I took Steve there for his birthday last year. It's amazing, it's really special. And what was so amazing about it is that Ed Rocher, which is one of the most important American contemporary artists, was sitting ten seats away, ten tables away, and I sat down with Steve and I went, oh my God, that's Ed Rocher, and he's like, ooh. I'm like Ed <laughs> sat over there and he's like, I don't know who that is. I said, it's an, an amazing artist. Oh my god! And the D came over and went, yes, it is Ed Ruscha. Actually, he's here all the time, and he designed the menu. Blah blah blah. And I was like, oh my god, do you think I'm going to talk to him? And the D was like, yes, he's very. Friendly. And Steve
0: was like, no, it's Steve was my like, birthday. What? 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 He's like, hang on <laughs> a minute. Hang on <laughs> a
1: minute. I said, I'll be back in a minute. And I went over and I met Ed Ruscha at the River Cafe, and I got a selfie with him. And that for me was just like LinkedIn. So I would take you there and hope that there's another massive contemporary that artist sat know. there that you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: I wouldn't know, but you would be really happy about. And then I would leave you
1: for like twenty minutes. <laughs> on our day and I then.
0: would eat all the food. Yeah, <laughs> perfectly happy. Kay.
1: Yeah, you have the food. I'll have the famous artist. Yeah. that's um, a good. That's a good swap.
0: What did you eat? And were you pes- um, pescatarian then? Yes. Yeah.
1: So I would have had like they they have such simple mm. dishes that are just so clever. So I I guess I would have had something like you know green beans in something to start with, and then like the main would have been like I would have gone for the fish dish definitely. Yeah. But it just it's all so, so fresh and.
0: i i've got the book and i
1: do you cook from it
0: yeah i do do you like
1: like cooking from cookbooks
0: so i don't really cook from cookbooks but i would go through and like i turn down corners of pages and i sit there and i'll and then i'll be like i need to make something like that or if i if i don't know how to like make that of course Mm. i would then go right how do i make that that's Um, so
1: cool i guess you've got that i just that's for you food for you and that is as exciting as art is for me and And it's like design is that I do turn down pages of living etc. and I'm like, I love them tiles, I love that rug, and it's like that's the thing. And if you're enthusiastic and you are passionate about something, it's so nice that you have that. Yeah, you look at that and go, pour over that and go. And you can find
0: what that is to like even pinpoint what that is and what you're passionate about. Like, you know, not everyone has Mm, that. So I kind of feel grateful for
1: that absolutely I, and there's like I did s- that with acting when I was a kid I was like that's what I'm going to do and I'm so grateful that from like the age of 10 I was like I'm going to be an actor and yeah. I never ever felt like it's not going to happen that's what I'm going to do
0: I love that and do you know what so frequently with the people that I've interviewed for this podcast so far that has really been I guess the common thread is that people just have this incredible drive and it doesn't ever cross their mind that they couldn't do it yeah and I, I feel like that is the and that is really I the think the crux what, of success yeah or- I guess
1: being blinkered, and guess I guess I'm really fortunate that my parents always, especially my mum, was always just like, well, "What do you want to do? Then I'll do it. I help you do it. Let's do it. Don't ever say that it's not possible. It's like there's no such and thing." Where did as she can't. get that
0: from? Like, what did she grow up with that kind of? Because I'm always so interested of in, like
1: what, what that is, is it what hereditary? A and hereditary? Thing. Yeah, I think well, my mum's just been a someone who loves enthusiasm and loves. People being, loves interest. She's interested in people. She loves people watching. And if someone is passionate about something, then she's like, go and do it. Is that what you want to do? Then let's find out how you can do that. Let's do it. She's always been very, very, um, wants to facilitate someone else's adventures. That's, That's It's an incredible quality yeah. to have. incredible mum like yeah. quality. Uh, and she's like that with like everyone who meets my mum is like, wow, she's awesome. And she's someone who's gives it great advice, she's an amazing listener. And she's kind and, yeah, I can't, say, that I can't is... say more. Like I can just wax lyrical about it. So I'm yeah. very fortunate that I had that. Because so many people, you know, especially being working class, could have come up and said, I want to go drama club. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be an actor. And they'd have been like, well, we can't
0: Facilitate pay. Or... But
1: we can't afford to pay that. Or we can't. It was like, that's what I wanted to do. So.
0: And where did that come from? Like, was that?
1: For me or for my mum to do well,
0: that? For, well, I guess for you. Like, where did that initial passion i did hear something about the goonies yeah I, watch, I
1: had a, uh, a summer holiday from junior school watching <laughs> movies and the goonies was one of them in dead Poets society i would still spend me, summer watching them home alone exactly <laughs> hook yeah uh, honey i shrunk the kids and i remember being like i want to be one of them kids in these movies i have to act and i would walk around with an american accent when lakeside shopping center first opened i walked up to a woman there and i was like excuse me where's the restroom <laughs> She was like, "What the toilet down there, mate?" I was like, "Thank you." And like, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, my, I think my accent was shocking. I probably sounded like Geordie. But at the time, I was like, I just wanted to yeah. be someone else, pretend to be someone else. Nice to pretend I was a runaway in Home Alone. And I used to have dreams. that Macaulay Culkin was my best friend, and i take him to junior school, and we'd He's hang out. He's in a band out.
0: now, you know that. Yes. Something about pizzas.
1: He also has a, something about pizzas. Is that what they call?
0: Yeah. There's... He also
1: has a podcast, Bunny Ears, which he which I've listened to a bit of and it's really cool he's like an interesting I mean interesting life mm. my yeah. god divorced his parents and things like that didn't yeah he? was that did that, that really him? happen that Yeah, real. I, I mean did that really happen I can't remember but I remember that being <laughs> was a that thing a like yeah. being like 12 and Macaulay Culkin's divorced his own parents
0: oh my god um, in my mind like, that happened yeah in the film in Home Alone.
1: no he made his family disappear theres
0: sweat something where
2: Watch the produce
0: your produce. Feel your does life change when you take on these huge roles from theater to film like how does your life get put on hold to some degree
1: I guess uh, emotionally things can be affected like if a job takes over like your mind your head where you're mm-hmm. in where you're at when you're performing I guess that can affect go like bleed into your real life but the thing that I really uh learn is that <coughs> Real life has to be as important, as like COVID. Real <laughs> life has to be as important as uh, pretend life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make sure that your friends and family and your real life is as real as your acting life. Because yeah. I, I think I spent a lot of my time just being like, I'm an actor and my, that's my status and I felt good if I was working. If I wasn't working, then nothing really made sense. Right. So, and also to be a better actor, you need to experience... The highs,
0: the lows, do you? And, and
1: the real life, right. what it is to be alive properly to then put that into characters because the people you're playing aren't, you're not playing an actor playing an actor, you're playing a person, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to be in the, in the world.
0: And what roles and kind of characters do you enjoy playing the most? What do you feel?
1: I'm always drawn to um, emotional characters, But I like. Are you an uh, emotional
0: person? Like,
1: yeah, I I, I was watching Twenty Four Hours on A and E last night. I was just sobbing on the couch. I would risk that. I know. I just it was an amazing show. Just sobbing. I just yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I have a fucking mentality when it comes to crying. I'm like, I don't care. I'm crying. I'm emotional. But I'm definitely drawn to characters that have uh, relationships with family, with siblings. They're falling in love. they have fallen out of love. They've got a broken heart. They're troubled. I like...
0: And do you feel like that's something you understand, you can relate to?
1: Well, I always feel like, you know, I feel like I've been through a lot emotionally in my life when it comes to relationships and shit going on, that I'm able to use that for the characters I play. But I'm definitely drawn to dialogue, good dialogue. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything better than when you read a script. And it might be something simple like an exchange where you go, hello, and the other person goes, hi, you good? Mm, What does that mean? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That for me, I'd read that on a page and be like, "I know who this person is. I've got to fucking do it." It's like that right, you, right. you just know instinctively. I know within that ten pages reading the script, if I want to do it or not. But I'm definitely drawn to good dialogue and emotion.
0: The short story I saw you read, at the summer house. Oh yeah, almost made me vomit. I can't <laughs> handle any kind of anything around phlegm, and yeah. it was entirely based around... Um,
1: orifices like ejecting certain, yeah. certain fluids. Yeah,
0: but just actually seeing you um i don't know just like perform like that was really full-on and oh. amazing just like you stood up there i felt like, a, like It was really excited oh. kind of really leaning in oh. <laughs> and well, trying that's not that's good to well
1: it's a great great story but that's what i mean good writing if you're an actor and you're instinctive is just like the best gift you can ever be given
0: yeah okay um so this is a kind of rough tally of what you've done so far i've probably got it wrong the right. way. but 17 films what? over 19 plays Maybe
1: 17 films
0: parts in them you've got credits
1: Wow, maybe. I don't know. Go on, yeah. Okay. 19 plays. Plays,
0: credits in them. This wow. is the list. 48 TV shows you have credits in.
1: Uh-huh, that mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah.
0: Um, Under your belt. So uh, I guess what sticks out as the most pivotal role for you? What is the, you know, what uh, you most of proud of? Out of all of them? Yeah, what are you most well, proud of? What the number of?
1: one or, or cannot combination? You can however you like. Well, I can I can map my
0: It's cra- like
1: career, I... like how it happened to go, how it sort of happened from moving from child actor to adult actor, because a lot of my friends, peers, when they were kid actors together, didn't move, didn't make them move. And I did it through theatre. I did right. a play when I was 18 at Chichester Festival Theatre yeah. called The Recruiting Officer, and I was there for three months. And it was the first play I did, and I played a, a character called Costa Permain, Small role, and then... Can
0: you remember were, the uh, lines now? Oh,
1: nope. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there was an actress in it called Deborah Gillette, whose partner was Patrick Marber, who is partner is still Patrick Marber, okay. who wrote Dealer's Choice and Closer, the play. And I remember I was reading Dealer's Choice and Closer. As for pleasure, I read plays. Right. I was obsessed with theatre playbooks. So I had all Pinters, I had all Chekhov's, I had all Sam Shepherds, I had, you know, Alan Bennett's. I was obsessed. And Patrick Marber was up there for me and David Hare. And
0: At what age were you kind of reading eight, all
1: 17, about- 18. Okay. Yeah. And then... I mean, I'd always pick up a play over a a novel for many years. And she said, oh, my partner's Patrick, you should meet. So I met Patrick Marber and Sam Mendes on the same night, one day at Chichester. And then he wrote a play at the National Theatre called Howard Katz, which um, critically wasn't that well received, but people enjoyed it. And he wrote me a part in it. And I was 19 then, and there was an actor in it called Ron Cook, who was the lead playing Howard Katz. And his agent at the time... The assistant became a full agent and wanted to start her on a list, and she met me and said, I want to sign you. So I, that was when I was 19. And I've been with her since I was 19. i love 38 that. now, and we've got an amazing relationship. And when I then went back to National after that one, I did Henry V uh, National and His Girl Friday when Nick Heitner took over, then did Dark Materials, then did The History Boys, and then from The History Boys, Everything changed because from the History Boys, that was an amazing, amazing gig because it crossed like it was a zeitgeist moment. But and you knowing, traveled
0: with that, like yeah, we that's... went around the world,
1: we went to Broadway, did the movie of it, did a radio play. But then knowing James Corden, James wrote me in as Budgie and Gavin and Stacey, which got greenlit while we were on Broadway. And I was like, Yeah, all right. So me, Andrew not Sam Anderson did that. And then I met Rob Bryden from that, and Rob Bryden wrote something called Annually Retentive, which is this kind of panel show, which I then, he then wrote me the part of his producer in that. So I played that, which Russell T. Davis watched. Russell T. Davis then wrote me, well, wrote me in mind. I still had to audition for the Doctor Who Christmas special with David Tennant and Kylie Minogue. And from that, (laughs) I met the producer, Julie Gardner, was doing Being Human, the pilot. So I auditioned for that, got Being Human, the pilot. Being Human got picked up as a show and ended Being Human, which then led on to Him and Her, which then... The rest My is kind favorite. of like your favourite, which is just, <laughs> so base. Which is just uh, well, I loved him and her, which is just like where it went. But it's amazing that you can chart them sort of the serendipitous yeah. connections. And I'm lucky that I did it through theatre. I don't think I'd have made a transition from child to adult without doing theatre because right. I was sort of just taking work. I didn't really understand the idea yeah. of craft and a career.
0: And because you, you didn't go to theatre school, did you ever, do you ever feel that kind of um, like, I don't know, like you've not, put in or gone the right route yeah I had
1: the imposter syndrome I wanted to go to drama school but then I was doing theatre at the National Theatre and the Royal Court and I was like well I can't
0: turn this down
1: yeah and I'm not I don't should go now now. I wouldn't go to drama school now I'm learning in the theatre I'm learning the job I don't have that now but I think I was very envious of other actors we were younger we were then like oh he was in my year he was in the year above they were in the year below I remember seeing your end of year show you were this you were this like I didn't really have that and I felt like I couldn't Talk about it. And I think because I... Growing up, my mum instilled in me that don't talk about what you're doing. Because I went to normal state school in Essex. If anyone asks you, talk about it, but don't boast about it, don't talk about it. So when I was then around other actors all the time, especially in the theatre world, and they are all having conversations and telling acting and anecdotes, I didn't feel like I was eligible enough to say it because I didn't feel like... Because I was, like, not part of the establishment. If right. I, like, I didn't do the correct routes, I got I'd slipped in through, like, the kind of catering door. And I felt... Like I didn't want to get found out. I guess I don't feel like that now.
0: No, and I guess after doing that kind of breadth of work, why would you? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I guess what brought about the most change in your life? What do you would you put that down to kind of History Boys or
1: History Boys was a game changer for all of us because it yeah. all worked before. But um... has
0: there been anything since that you feel like has really
1: doing plays is the things? And plays do you love the things, it. But I love doing plays. Do you feel
0: the fear before you your yeah, of course places.
1: shit yourself all the time? But it's how you know, badly. I have...
0: Do you have any techniques that you use to kind of overcome?
1: You use the nerves. and It's always great if you're playing a nervous character and you get nerves because it just helps real. you. Cause you just go, it's real. <laughs> yeah. So you can instinctively use that. But you need the nerves to give a shit. Mm. And it's 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 quite nice to try and challenge it. But every time I do a show, I'm always like, why the fuck am I doing this? Why do I do this to myself? What, yeah. why, what sort of nut jobs are we to want to do this? Green like light, so walk on stage. And then you sort of just do it. The first preview of everything is horrific, but then afterwards you're like, "Okay, that's why you do it."
0: And do you have a kind of come down off the back of it? Because that heightened energy, emotion, like a slight exhaustion when you kind of walk off stage and
1: yeah, you get yeah. But I never used to take work home. But then there have been a few jobs like Angels in America at National Theatre, which was one of the f- one of the first things really that has. Screwed me up that I took that character really? home, that I took that energy home, and it was a tough job. Just we had 13 weeks rehearsal. Did He's the got... play
0: last eight hours? Am I... It was
1: two parts, two so, yeah, parts, three yeah. and a half hours and four hours. And the character Joe Pitt is a phenomenal character. I love the acting, but in part two, every character in that show hates him, and the writer hates him, right? And you can feel that, and then you sort of go home. I was determined to make the audience care for him and you know the feedback I got is that the audience did care for him because I think our productions there's a point at the end where his wife slaps him across the face and other productions the audience have like cheered her and I was like that's not going to happen in this production I want them to feel sorry for him
0: Was it a fake slap
1: you can't do that Oh yeah that. yeah but you know you can do like just
0: ch- and bang, your foot, bang your foot on the floor. <laughs> like bang your that's foot floor. Tap
1: your head. And then spin around and then no one like notices. Having WWF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that kind like, of thing. It's like a clothesline, basically, right. off the corner. But I was determined not to make anyone um Dis- hate, yeah. him, dislike him. Okay. But I would go home from that and feel like shit. I would feel really sad. Because the
0: energy that you're the energy
1: you're getting from all the other characters, shouting, screaming in your face, basically telling you you're a piece of shit. And you know, you're acting, you're in it. But that's a lot of hours of your life playing that character. Yes, so that that was one that I took home, but it was an amazing job to do and it was like uh something I sort of astral projected because I love that the HBO show. I watched that over and over and over again, but since I've done a show I haven't watched it.
0: Do you visualize a lot of projects in your career yeah. and where you want your life yeah. to be? We've I, talked about this. Yeah. That's such a about yeah, but but yes, I love I that. Do,
1: I do visualize events or visualize scenes or I visualize interactions or characters. Uh, I visualise my home, walking around my home, my dream home. Like, I'm, I'm looking you in at... Yeah, you I'm, I'm it? Yeah. I dream Yeah. Yeah, I visualise moments or scenes or pop, things, yeah. So, I guess that's like astral projection. projection I yeah. don't know. But I think it's just keeping a positive, positive spin on life. I think, yes, yeah. I, I definitely have good positivity towards the world and I definitely believe in putting good out in the world and doing good stuff yeah. and keeping the karma fresh and alive and um you have a
0: kind energy you have oh a really, so like, do you thank you because yeah. i'm really mean actually nasty. but um,
1: it's yeah i think that's it's really easy to be nice isn't it isn't it such a nicer thing to be nice you. than you know when you meet people who aren't and when you're younger you think it might be oh is it me that's made this person not like me yeah it must be my fault and then as you get older you're like no, no it's you it's you <laughs> yeah. you're you're actually not a great person and that's your shit and you can do that and I'm not going to judge you but don't, be don't come near me. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't ruin my aura. Already. Yeah, just don't. I'm not interested in that.
0: And um, what advice would you give to other people wanting to kind of start out or pursue a career in acting?
1: My thing was go drama clubs. Well, I think I'd go drama clubs constantly. So if you're if you're young and you want to be an actor, then you Obviously just you find your local. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you oh, you want to switch, you, really you want to go to act. Oh, okay, so you're <laughs> okay. not gonna do this, but this is basically what it's about. You yeah. want to help you be a quick <laughs> could you? The, could yeah. you put me
0: in touch
1: with you? <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid, it's drama clubs, yeah. local drama clubs wherever you are, going as much as possible. I would go every single night of the week, all weekends. I was obsessed. I Live loved it. it, so I lived it and I yeah. So, but now as an adult, I guess it's drama school. But you've got yeah. to get get involved in your local theatres because local theaters always have Amdram groups or perhaps. Yeah. Always have stuff set up, so you can perform if you've got that performing thing. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to be on TV or film, or maybe you just want to be do stuff. And you're not worried about being famous or having a career in it. You just want to act. Your outlet, so you just yeah. want to yeah, you just want to enjoy it. And there's there's so many outlets for that. But I guess if you want to pursue it seriously, then you need to go drama school. Yeah.
0: So this next question's quite a serious one. You've narrated five series of the show Sudden Sex and Suspicious Parents. Correct. What was the worst thing you've witnessed on this show?
1: This kid. Um, <laughs>
0: like you've gone straight to it. Yeah.
1: He, they, him on. and his mate threw up into a washing up bowl. Then they did shots of vomit. Oh. I remember watching no. that and thinking the world's ending. How is that?
0: How old were they?
1: Oh, they're like 17, 18. Because it's all about kids' first rites of passage the, yeah, holiday yeah. abroad. So they're young. But how is that? Do you
0: have to watch every episode? Yeah, because you're. Never- well,
1: you, you you do, and you, you you kind of, but you go through to your bits. So you don't sit and watch half an hour, and you go through and do your bit, and you narrate it. And yeah. you Know what you're saying, but you know you watch the scenes that you're voicing over, and that made me dry, Rich. But and I just thought, well, <laughs> what, 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 how, what sort of mindset?
0: Did they then vomit that back up though?
1: You've I'm got. Problem. You sure, you they did. S- yeah, but i was like you couldn't sustain that that acid. Shot of I know it's, it's it was but I remember watching that going like I can't, I this is I the end of that. the world I can't yeah. I can't get over that.
0: Did they give you a pay rise
1: after that? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. No. I cannot. I know this is weird. That it? show's gone now, but I really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. That. that was fun.
0: There's talk that you've written your own TV comedy. Have I made that up? Or is I've that got real?
1: I've got three shows in development at the minute. I've written what? two of them are comedies. One of them's a drama. Well, dr- they're all dramedies basically. Okay. I, what Where I'm do like. you
0: find the time for this? Because you are busy.
1: Well. You find a time if you enjoy something, don't you? Yeah. If you're into something and you like it, it's not a burden, it's not an effort. It's something that, you know, you find time to do.
0: And you've always wanted to write or you've always wanted Always.
1: Written? Always wanted to write. And I they I used to happen? write lots of plays. There was one that was about to happen. Something was, was we get some traction, but then lockdown happened. Okay. So that's gone away. And then all the funding from certain channels has gone now because there's not money for new scripted stuff right. and blah, 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 blah. So that's fine. So we're going to wait for that one. But... It's a process. It's a different process. And it's like going back and doing notes and new drafts, but very close to one of them.
0: Are you in them as well? Are you acting? I,
1: I do write myself, but then I also write, it could be someone else. So I think when I first, there's one, one of them that I have to play. That's fine. But then the other two, I could play one of the other parts. But if someone else walked in the room and auditioned and they were brilliant, then they should definitely do okay. it. And I'd quite like to be you know, behind the scenes for them.
0: And is there a comedy element across all three? All three, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I just lo- like, that's my, like, go-to. I just love, I'm, like, we're re-watching 30 Rock at the moment. Yeah, that's yeah, That's where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, Seinfeld, we just yeah, did the whole yeah. batch of that. Yeah, yeah, Just, like, yeah, light cool. relief. I know, it's mate, especially good in the current
1: climate. It's like yeah. I've got a show coming out later this year called The Sister on ITV, which is quite dark, written by the guy, Neil Cross, who did Luther.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: it's like a ghost story, and it's very dark. And this character I'm playing is very... Uh, screwed up and you know challenging and it was meant to come out earlier this year at some point and I think they were worried that right in the current climate it's you like Who's gonna, why do we want to be bombarded but then saying that so many people have watched years and years now which is yeah. a show I did which was about kind of the apocalypse of the world and everyone watched fucking Contagion when that came out when we I know that
0: went to like number one, one around me. the
1: world ever and that was you know that was basically say, terrifying ourselves Yeah, it was real life so you know, but that's coming out later in the year.
0: Um, we have to now talk about the podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: talk art. Talk art.
1: Which you've come on, which you have, we have your episode Good. there, banked up, and we're trying to find the Don't timing. Don't even say
0: that. You could like. T- also, I was like, I did make a really inappropriate joke, and I thought maybe that's. What's oh no
1: about. no 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 no! We have your episode there, but we we have got Shut twenty up. in the bank now.
0: Because so, now I'm embarrassed. I wasn't
1: going to bring that up. Oh no! We, we, you know, I want to bring it up because you are you are a talk art guest. The thing that we found, we've we've done a whole like lockdown season this time so we've had we've recorded 30 episodes since it's been in lockdown so we wanted to release them during lockdown because it's something that people can relate to in culture and go well how yeah. is this person doing how's that person doing it's been so successful yeah but we have so many episodes that we then want to release after that and it's about finding the time some of so much is timing because so many things work with like shows coming mm. out so someone suddenly got an exhibition show you are like great or they won the award yeah, or they got yeah. this and you're like well it's brilliant to like Ride the wave that they're on with totally. talk art, and that's you know, so we're finding the moment with you. Maybe it's when this all comes out, it all ties in together, but it's like it's sweet. all about curating the uh, the ebbs and flows and of the show, to yeah. What's which you're fine because you're when you start releasing these, you'll be like, let's hold that one, let's put this one out, or we've we're too many men's, let's put we need a woman out this week, or we need someone else discussing from you know, we need someone who isn't in the art world, but someone who is a collector. It's yeah. like trying to balance. Curate the you know the rhythm of a show of a podcast is it's really in- interesting exciting.
0: I guess as well when you know between me and Elton mm. you know it's a hard it's a hard call you know
1: yes well we nearly bumped him and said look we're gonna we Anna this, are on.
0: <laughs> what okay so hang on you're being hooked up you're being put through because you don't get a direct line to Elton I've heard this before yeah
1: you well no I know him. I know him so you
0: haven't I don't think he's got his own mobile maybe not back in the day he didn't
1: email oh he's on email, we email yeah.
0: But, uh, what does he say on email? What are you talking about on email?
1: I don't know. He always always (laughs) signs it off, uh, E-Kiss. We we, we, we met, met. I've been to a a few of his... um,
0: Galleries, which are his home.
1: I've been to the place in Windsor, yes. But that was during an uh, EJF, Elton John AIDS Foundation dinner. But I've been to a few of them. And I met him years ago in Polo Bar, which is off of, um, behind Burberry on New Bond Street. I was there for like, there was fashion week, and I wandered in there with someone, and he was having dinner with someone there, and he's like, "Hello," and we had a chat. But you know, I've asked him lots to come and talk about and he's always been like, "I'm touring, I'm tired, I can't." And then I said this time, I said, "Well, what are you doing?" He said, "Let's do it." So it was, you know, we, okay. I mean, it, it was no a process nerves, to no get
0: apprehension. Is th- you're being connected through to Elton?
1: Well, Sir, no, he, Elton I think Trump. he said yes, and then we had to get like uh, everything signed off, and you know, with the company and with the record label and everything, yeah, and right. we had signed stuff saying like, you know, you can't. Ask this, I'll put this out, I'll do that. It was it was but it was like really simple and it was such a passionate chat and yeah. such a coup for us and, yeah. a, and a landmark moment in talk art history. Huge.
0: But also for, so you do talk art with Rob Diamond, who is your long-term power gallerist, yeah. collector, yeah. uh who is equally brilliant yes. and handsome. Yes. Um I mean, was he nervous?
1: Yeah, of course. Because we don't you'll listen to that one and we're very because it's out Sir Elton John, we're very um quiet. We let him do the talking, yeah. and because he knows what he's talking about, yeah. and he's a massive collector, and he's got this breadth of information and knowledge, and he was educating us. So you yeah. just, and you want it to be great, and you know you're talking to Elton er- John, it's talk art. So you are you are nervous, <laughs> and you want to say the right stuff. But what we do do for every guest, we get nervous in every guest. It's not like he's super duper famous, but also every guest you get nervous because you want to bring the best out of them to have the best conversation, and we do research intense on every single guest that comes yeah. on so we know and me and Rob don't share notes okay so we sit there so we all have different things to bring up because yeah. I might have read that on Google or Wikipedia and he might have read that from their internet page and then their Instagram yeah, feed yeah. so we kind of so we have a more kind of rich kind of breadth of yes. breadth. bandwidth yeah
0: also you know who I really love was Lena Dunham that yeah, was such oh an, another friend of yours yeah. so I guess I love that the show makes art accessible to everyone and mm-hmm. has a broader range uh, uh, array of guests from mm-hmm. different areas of music, acting, art all sharing a common passion for art. Mm-hmm. Who would you say has been your most kind of inspiring or you've learned the most from?
1: The... We I love I mean I love talking to emerging artists again yeah. like as a collector but as, as for talk art because you're giving them a platform and it's interesting to hear their process. But then there's other artists that people have sort of ignored and now they're getting the moment there's an artist called caroline coon who's right. this 70 year old artist who's been making work for years and years and years very quietly ignored and she has she makes these incredible paintings that are very fluid the characters in the figurative non-binary they're all kind of hermaphrodite they're these amazing worlds and these paintings are extraordinary right and we gave her you know, we asked her to come on Toolcart and we gave her the opportunity to talk about her work. And that episode is just magic because right. nobody would really know her work, especially outside of art world circles. But so many people are like, that is an amazing interview with this amazing woman.
0: Has it changed things for her? Yeah. Okay. And also exciting. I think
1: it's it's what's really lovely for us is it now feels like a bit of a rites of passage. Like yeah. you, you do a talk art interview and it would be lovely if we get to a stage where you know, international artists are having shows and part of their press junket is that you go and do talk art. Totally. That would be the dream, you know, to yeah. do that. But we are incredibly fortunate and lucky that most people we ask said yeah
0: yeah i think as well one of the earlier podcasts was with philida barlow yeah and i i was in town i had a spare hour and you'd literally sort of laid it out as basic basic as that you know if you're in town you've got a spare hour go and see the the royal academy go to the royal academy yeah and i was like i'm gonna do that i never would afford myself the time to do that especially since like you know finishing up a level art where you kind of that was part of it yeah and i would it was just one of those things I even I've told you this before but I even put the podcast on I yeah. really listened to you guys and it was like while, you I, was walking around. while I was walking around and it was a really well, you know that's exactly special what we want that's
1: the whole point of the show is to get people into gallery spaces and to to have fun with art rather than be intimidated by it and see it as a special club that you're not a part of we yeah. wanted to make something really accessible for everyone yeah because we absolutely love it and we know that you do too and it's you just need to give yourself permission to react uh, instinctively and trust that what you're feeling is okay. If yeah. you go in and you don't like anything, that's completely fine. But that's
0: part of that ex- yeah. the expression, the process too, and maybe what the artist would want. You know, it's yeah. provoking a reaction. Alan
1: Bennett said he wanted a sign over the doors of all galleries that says, you haven't got to like everything. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So true. So yes. you haven't. You could go and see a thousand things and be like, this is all shit. And you go like that what's that yeah that's weird that's really interesting isn't it do you like that i like that why do i like that that's brilliant because it would change you low level molecular that will make a difference to your kind of human quality
0: yeah and if you are interested in art and you want to Start to collect it. or yeah. What like where do you start? Where do you go? Editions.
1: To? That's the way in. Really okay. affordable editions. You find out what artists, what art you like. So if you like street art, photography, and editions painting. is a edition is when a work of art is made in a limited number. Yeah. Okay. Um, I start buying from Counter Editions, which is this amazing site. Yeah. My parents bought me Tracy in edition for my twenty first, and then that's where it all sort of. Escalated, uh, but they—they're the route in because you can get assigned work by an artist you like, and it's their signature, limited number, and it's only like you and forty other people in the world. Yeah, one hundred fifty other people in the whole world have access to that and live with that. That's the way and in. that's and you through like like counter pounds Fifty pounds, yeah. and then go up, obviously. And but that's yeah, that's counter But all all every institution will have. Editions like the Tate does it, or right. smaller institutions like Whitechapel, Chisholm South London Gallery, Camden Arts Centre. Right, okay. They also that's amazing, and they do really support emerging artists and older artists, and yeah, it's an amazing way into it. And then when you, if your budget's a bit bigger, then find out what you like. I think find your medium of art you like, and then support an artist contemporary that you actually have an impact on their life. By you buying that work of art, you're paying their studio fee rent for right. the month. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah, yeah. buying them that them canvases they do so they can come up with that really amazing idea. Oh, that that's
0: they, such a great way of thinking about it. And you can see it. it.
1: And also, like, use your platform to support and promote these artists and give them momentum and encouragement because it actually makes a massive difference. It's so exciting to see that you as an individual have an effect on someone else's life and career.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: um where's your happy
1: place uh with my dogs with my boyfriend family friends talk us the through pub. the dogs plan. Though. so i've got rocky and my partner had uh has two dogs and now so we have three so archie <laughs> cooper and rocky two a basset mix a basset hound and a french bulldog all quite strong like literally Very mean, they literally take you down three. in three yeah yeah Just you you've got to be gotta be ready <laughs> Which I was not (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my happy place with them and just I my happy place is down the pub with my best mates Yeah and my dogs and my man and just drinking pints, yeah, that's my happy place.
0: Good for you. It sounds like a great place. Mm. And finally, the part I'm sure you're most nervous about, I'm going to ask you to make a sandwich We're oh in God. your kitchen.
1: We're doing it now? Yeah. All What's right. going to be
0: in your sandwich?
1: I'm making a banana, peanut butter and honey. Oh,
0: yeah. Shall I
1: bring it over here and do it? Yeah.
0: Um, and are you going to butter the bread first?
1: This is always a conundrum with peanut butter because if you put butter on it, in like a double butter. But I always do double butter, normal butter, peanut butter. Yeah. For your peanut butter banana sandwich. Okay, cool. Okay, (laughs) thanks. So, are you going to look at my technique? (laughs) No. No.
0: So, your fridge situation. Yes. What's the ratio between kind of booze, condiments, fresh produce?
1: Well, because you've got this, this side... That's all your champagne wines... And oh, my God, that's a there.
0: really well-stocked, mm-hmm. busy fridge. Well, we fridge. had a
1: party, New Year's Eve party, so we had, like, a lot of booze that's just been left over. Nice. And then this is the fridge. Although
0: that was six months ago. How have you not drank it? All? I was in New York, oh, wasn't
1: okay. I? Yes, I haven't slowly working through it. <laughs> I don't know, lockdown champagne isn't as good as lockdown red wine, so that's sort of remained.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel like you can kind of celebrate too much throughout lockdown. No. So...
1: So this is... Like a nice seeded.
0: Oh, you're doing an open slice. sandwich? Yes. Gourmet. Yeah. Okay, we've got whole earth smooth, if I can say it, smooth peanut butter. We've got a whole meal seeded loaf, freshly sliced. By me. By you. Um,
1: so here's your butter butter, butter at
0: room temperature, salted. <laughs> I'm agreeing with all of these things.
1: <laughs> right, so Steve would hate this, putting the butter knife into the peanut butter, but he's not here, so yeah. he can. Oh, it's Rocky, I know. He, fits the other yeah, he loves peanut butter. You're coming, buddy. Just wait. So that is... Do you need to take a picture of that? I am
0: going to take a picture of that. How do you Um, feel about that?
1: A I'm going to cut it, it width
0: He's cut widthways. We've not got triangles He's gone from rectangles
1: mm-hmm.
0: And would you have this Normally maybe As a morning snack After your eggs Or um,
1: an afternoon any, snack uh, A mid-morning snack I guess after Eleven seeds Yes that's a good one Or when you get back From running or something I've been running every day now not Not miles But you know, I didn't do any exercise for m- many weeks and I was doing a bottle of red all night. So people are like, are you depressed? I'm like, maybe. But running, <laughs> I started putting on loads of weights. So I'm like, I've got to start running now because we're coming out into the world again. and I can't be <laughs> show this, yourself this red wine like thing. So, yes. No, I was going to say, what I was going to say is what, what would you say to people right now? And I think it's support, when it comes to art, support all the, um, well, when it comes to anything like theatre, when we get back in theatre, please support theatre. There's so much online theatre you can do. So a theatre's doing it, National Theatre's doing yeah. it to support all that. So you can see these shows and buy it. And the money actually goes direct to keep that keep British theatre going. And then also the institutions. So get back to the spaces, go and see the shows, go and donate to them, go and buy the editions, because the money actually goes directly to them. Go and buy a postcard, a magnet, go and see these shows, please, because we've got to keep culture alive because there's not enough funding and it's not seen as important enough and it is so important because that's what it is to be alive in the human condition. And the only way you can tell stories is through culture. And if culture isn't there, then we're all fucked.
0: <laughs> well, I quite agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank this has you. been such a pleasure. Oh, it's been brilliant. And I've loved seeing your home, your oh. sandwich, your dogs. Yes. Um, this has been a total
1: treat. Thank Love you. Love seeing you. You're welcome. You. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks. <laughs>
2: Thank <laughs> <laughs>